Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Gary Sirak. Gary has been helping people achieve their American dream for the last 35 years. He's the president of Sirac Financial Services out of Canton, Ohio, and that's a company that his father, Stan, founded in 1957. So the company's celebrating its 60th anniversary this year. Gary's written two books. The first is called If Your Money Talked, What Secrets Would It Tell? And the book's about personal finance and some of the really common mistakes that people make with their money. And then he realized that people make the same mistakes again and again. So he wrote a second book called The American Dream Revisited, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Results. And it's a topic that's deeply, deeply personal for Gary. It's a serendipitous conversation that he had at a coffee shop that spurred him to write it. But he really says that the idea is, have been with him his whole life. So he's here today to talk with us about the book, The American Dream Revisited. Welcome to the show today, Gary. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, let's just talk about The American Dream in general. Uh, You you hear about that still, that The American Dream is still possible. Some people may challenge that, but, you know, most people still think that it is achievable. What's your take on that? Is it alive or dead? I mean, does it have a pulse? I think it has a pulse for sure, and I think it is alive. And I really believe that the American dream has been bantered around so much that no one really knows what it is and that the identity of the American dream has maybe been covered up a bit because of so much confusion and what it really is. Is it becoming a billionaire? Well, I don't think so. Is it becoming a multimillionaire? I don't think so either. Uh, I I really think that it's uh, it's here, it's with us, but it's, who you ask and what their personal American dream is, very interesting what they say and not what you would expect or what they say in the media. What What is your take on that? Well, I, I interviewed 25 people from my book, and all 25 of them really came from the point, and I only wrote 13 stories, but of the 25 interviews I did, all of them had the same take. It wasn't really about getting rich. It was about food, clothing, and shelter. It was about you know providing for their family giving them something which they didn't have in the beginning, uh, a place to to sleep and a place to eat and and warm clothing or air conditioning if you live down south. But the point was, it wasn't about getting rich. Not one of the people I interviewed said, hey, I'm all about getting rich. That's what I always wanted to do. None of them said that. So I, I think we've somehow gotten this screwed up a bit in my mind. Well, then why why did what even spurred you to write the American Dream Revisited. You know, when I introduced you, you said that it was spurred by a conversation that you had in a coffee shop, but you found out that it was really something that you held much more deeply and you discovered you'd really held it your entire life. So so what finally got you to sit down and write The American Dream Revisited and why do you care 
so much about. Well, it, you know, that's a really good question. <laughs> why do I care, Kelly? Because yeah. I've thought about that a lot. And I said, man, why do I care about this? And I wasn't 100% sure, but that happened at a lunch that I figured that out. But nonetheless, a coffee shop. So I'm addicted to mochas. Every morning I stop at a coffee shop. There's one on my desk this morning. And I rotate coffee shops, and there's four of them on my way to work, and I just mix them up. Well, this one morning I was sitting in a place called Karma Cafe, which is where the one I got this morning, by the way. But anyhow, I'm sitting there at a table. It's about 8 o'clock in the morning, minding my own business, kind of thinking about my day, my week, my month, my life, whatever I was thinking about that day. I don't remember. But four college students came in and sat down right behind me, and they started talking about the American dream. And three of them were just very negative and started referring to it as the American disaster. And they were complaining about their credit card debt, their college loans, um, the fact the job market was tight. And, and they were really negative. I mean, really negative. And then the one person who hadn't said a word uh, chirped in and said, hey, I don't agree with you guys. I'm going to get a good job. I'll pay my debts. You know, I'm fine. I think this works. And they really shut him down hard. He didn't have a prayer. Hmm. And I listened to that conversation and I was intrigued by it because when I was in college, one of my professors uh, had a course, American literature course, and we ended up spending the entire quarter on the American dream. Although I didn't have any idea we were going to do that, it turned out that's what his idea was, and so we did. So we'd read stories, we'd read books, and we'd have discussions. And he didn't spend much time about calling it the American dream, just about life in general, but really what it was was the American dream, and, and that was the course I took. So here I am listening to these college kids, I'm thinking, wow, this is like deja vu, sort of, but not very positive. Right. And that bothered me tremendously. So four nights later or three nights later, I woke up about four o'clock in the morning and decided I have to I have to do something about this. I walked out of that coffee shop in such bad mood. I'm, I'm really bad karma. And I ended up going back and sitting down and saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to write a book and refute what those three college students said. And wow. you have the book. Yeah. What did I mean you told us about how you realized that it's not necessary from your interviews that it's not necessarily about becoming a billionaire or a millionaire even it's more about some of the key things that that people find that they want out of life that's not necessarily related to money. Um did you find out anything else? Did you learn anything else while you wrote the book? Oh, a ton. Well, well I, I learned why I was why I was interested, and I didn't really know that, but I really didn't realize I came up in an American dream myself. My father uh, came out of the war. He was working at a World War II. He was a Navy pilot and came out of the war. You know, had three kids. We were living in a house that was uh, a lot smaller than it should have been for our family, which now had six because my grandfather moved in with us, and all of a sudden six of us are living in a small house. It was very tight coverage. Uh, you had to uh, had <clears throat> wait in line for the bathroom. And it was one of those things where, anyhow, it was a tough environment, and my dad was struggling to make a living. And he was really all about just trying to put food on the table and make sure we could stay in that house. I mean, it was really survival mode. And he took two jobs. He was selling life insurance, which he had just gotten into, which he wasn't very good at yet. And he was selling shoes on the weekends to provide money and he hated that. I, and I'll never forget, he would come home, and whatever money he would make on a Saturday, he would be in such a bad mood, he'd like throw the money on the table and then walk over to the sink and wash his hands about 12 times. 
And I, I one time asked him about that later on in life, and he said, I just needed to get the smell of people's feet off my hands, and I just, I mean, he was obsessed by that. It just really bothered him. And I never thought about selling shoes the same ever since that. Oh, I, mean, I bet. Oh, yeah. Tough job. Anyway, or you can try and shoes on. <laughs> yeah, I think, ooh, okay. So anyhow, it made me think about that a lot differently. So nonetheless, he finally figured out how to make a living in the life insurance business and became really one of the top insurance agents in the entire country. And our life changed dramatically. And I really, I was a kid, you know, I didn't really understand. I knew we didn't have much because we didn't. It was pretty obvious. We, you know, a big deal was I would have, um, I liked hot dogs, macaroni and cheese. And by the way, I still like those. And a lot of peanut butter and jelly. And, you know, a big deal was bacon, lettuce and tomato sandwiches. Those were like staples of mine growing up, all of which I still really enjoy. But nonetheless, I realized we were eating those because they were low-cost foods, yeah. and my, we just didn't have the money. And so that's kind of how this went down, and then when he became successful, it changed, and we started living better, moved to a bigger house, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So you, you th- that's why you, you've actually lived this. You have actually seen the possibilities and, and being able to capitalize on an opportunity and, and turn Absolutely. Okay. What are, what are you thinking about people today? You know, we live in, you're talking about what? How, how many years ago are you talking about? Oh, wow. I'm 60. Oh, we're talking like maybe what 50 time? plus years ago. Okay. Okay. So so we're yeah. talking about what, the 60s, the 70s? Yeah. In, yeah. Early, early 60s. Really. Early 60s. Okay. Well, yeah. so we live in a much different place totally. in America today in many respects. Um and we just live in a different society. Uh, we live in a more global world. Some people may tell you, you know, that was what you experienced was a whole different thing. That time, that time period, that age has come and gone. Not possible today. What would you say to them? Well, I just had that happen. I did a lecture at Chautauqua <laughs> Institution, and some lady got up and basically said, you know, you're old. You don't know what you're talking about. And I said, really? And she said, yeah, you're out of touch with youth today. And I said, well, that's really funny. I said, I work with a lot of younger people who would really not be happy that you just told them they were old. I said, believe me, you're wrong. And I said, and I do this on a regular basis, and I am in touch. I've spent time on college campuses. I've spent time talking to younger people. And the reality of it is all of them want to start out the same place. They're not, I mean, there are a few of them that say, hey, I want to be rich, but they're not very realistic. The ones I really talk to that really get what's going on really just want to find a nice job and have a nice car, take good vacations, and have a nice place to live. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're after. Now, I have a young man who I, I work with who I kind of mentor, and he's up at a, an accounting firm in Cleveland, and he's working 70 hours a week. They're killing him. But he's doing exactly what he wants to do. He's got a nice place to live. And even though he's working extremely hard, he said, I'm working for a goal. My goal is to eventually become a partner. And when I become a partner, my life changes. And then I'll be a lot better off. And then I can do the things I want to do in the second phase of my life. Well, I may be oversimplifying it here. But I think what I hear you saying is that if you really, really boiled it down to even a single word, would you say that the American dream then really is opportunity? It's about the ability. It's about having the ability to have an op- have opportunity. Uh, Kelly, you hit it right on the head. When I'm asked to inter- when I'm interviewed and they say, "What do you think the American dream is?" I said, "Opportunity." I said, "This <laughs> provides opportunity." I said, "All over the place." Now we may not take advantage of it. We may not see it. That doesn't mean it's not there. It's there. 
And and someone said, yeah, you've never been in a ghetto. And I said, well, actually, I have been in ghettos, but not to live. But I do understand a little bit of that culture, not a lot. I said, but I have some people that came out of the ghetto that have been massively successful. And and not that they were massively rich, just got out of the ghetto and have a good life. Mm-hmm. Wrote about one of them. And it, again, I look at this and I say, this is really a, a problem today because everybody says, oh, you can't do it. And I say, yeah, you can. You just have to want it really, really, really bad. And you have to do the work and look for your opportunities. Okay. Well, and you have a chapter in your book. In fact, it's the final chapter of the book where you offer some key skills that – and skills, ideas, whatever you want to call them, that can help people on this journey. There's seven of them. I know we can't go through all seven right now, but if you could give us one or two that you think are the most important or the most actionable for our listeners today, what would that one or two be? I think number one is mentorship. I, I really think mentorship is huge, and that's a big, big deal. Finding someone Two things. The other one that's really critically important is figuring out what you really want in life. I think there's a whole lot of people who have no idea what they want in life. I'm in the financial services. People come in to see me all the time about money. And I say, well, what are you looking for? Oh, I want to be rich. I said, okay, what does that mean? <laughs> and they say, well, I want to have $100,000. I'm thinking, well, okay, that's not rich, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, I said, get your, get your arms around what you really want. And most of the people I talk to have no idea what they really want in life which I find really kind of interesting and kind of sad at the same time. So number one, I would say, figure out what it is that you really, what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Number two, mentorship. I look for people when I was younger, I've had mentors my entire life. I didn't know they were mentors, but as I look back, people have had influence on me, positive influences. They're all over my life. They dot my calendar. I look and say, wow, I used to have lunch with this man. He was inspirational. Or I'd see this person, my father, my father sent me out to California when I went in the life insurance business because he said, I can't train you. You're just so different than me. And I don't know how to relate to you. He said, but I have a friend of mine out in California that I think can. So he put me on a plane and I fly out to California and I live with this man and his wife for five days. I'd never met him before. And we're in Santa Ana, California. And this man literally taught me how to sell life insurance, but he taught it to me in a way I would have never gotten it from my father because it's not how he thought. Sure. Yeah. You know, so it's that kind of experience. That man became a huge mentor to me. And and I would ask him questions. I would call him up and say, John, I have this thing. What's going on? And he'd say, well, here's how you handle that. And I have them throughout my entire life. I still have them today. That's great. And yeah, men- yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Mentors are so important, and it, as you said, it's not just any mentor that that knows or has the information or the experience that you're after. It's somebody that you can have a good relationship with, and that sometimes people forget that part of the equation. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. for it to work, Absolutely. be successful, you have created the American Dream Revisited Scholarship. Tell us about that and why you created it. Well, it goes back to that Karma Cafe experience and college debt, which, by the way, is very real. That College debt's a bad deal. College loans are nasty, and I know that that's a problem. So I'm sitting in Karma Cafe one morning and wrapping up this book thinking, and I thought to myself, what would be cool if I could figure out a way to just blend in some help for those college students, even though I didn't agree with them, for their college loans or whatever I could provide. 
So what I decided to do is take 20% of the profits of my book and set up a scholarship fund, which we awarded our first scholarship this year. It's through the Ohio Foundation of Independent Colleges, but it's literally for anyone across the country who has an entrepreneurial spirit and is going to go to school or in school. So we had 100 people uh, tap into our website, their website, not mine, and we ended up with 18 people that went through the entire process and gave away one scholarship. And if I can do this right, Kelly, I'll give away a lot more in the, in the future because it matters. It's important. It yeah, that that is that is so excellent. How do people who are listening today how how would they go out and access the information about that scholarship? It's actually on my website, GarySurak.com, and they okay. can access it there and get the information. And it's S-I-R-A-K and dot com, and they'll find me and the information, and then they can take that and and go to the website uh, for the Ohio Foundation of Independent Colleges. That's who manages it for me because I don't understand how to give away scholarships, but they do. <laughs> so it's over my head. Uh, my pay grade isn't high enough to handle that one, Kelly. So. But smart man, you know, as any good business owner does, the things that you don't know, you don't keep banging your head against the wall trying to figure them out yourself. You hire the people or you engage the people who know how to do that. So smart move there. Again, GarySirak.com, S-I-R-A-K.com. If you're interested in finding out more about the American Dream Revisited Scholarship, as I mentioned, most of our listeners today are the owners of small businesses. They're entrepreneurs. What advice would you have for that group today, whether they're current entrepreneurs or perhaps there's a few future entrepreneurs listening that could benefit from some advice from you? Well, one of the key points in the book is that everybody that I interviewed, and I mean every single one of them had lots of failures. None of them just <laughs> smoothly moved up to the major leagues. It didn't happen. They, they had lots of trial and errors, and most of their errors were big ones, uh, three base errors or whatever. Uh, and I'm into baseball right now because the Cleveland Indians are playing in the playoffs. So anyway, my mind is on baseball. But <laughs> nonetheless, I, uh, I look at that and I say that's what's happening here. What we're seeing is that people have to realize that that's part of the game. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have difficult times. The key is not to quit. And none of the people that were successful that I interviewed quit. Of the 25, none of them quit. They all could have quit. It would have been really simple. And they had great reasons to quit, but they refused to fail. I think that's extremely important. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes refusing to quit doesn't mean that you keep banging your head against the wall, uh, you know, trying to break through a door that just isn't there. It means sometimes you have to pivot and, and just go through another door that maybe, it's, again, it's that opportunity we, you were talking about earlier, that you may uh, may just be around the corner or, you know, five feet down the, down the wall, but you're so busy on that one spot that you can't see it. You, so. you hit it on the head, Kelly. Again, yeah. that is a big deal, and pivoting is one of my favorite words because when I work with people and we talk about planning and everything, I said you have to be able to pivot. I played basketball, and if you could only use one foot and you weren't allowed to use your other, you would be done. It would be a very boring game, but that's not what they let you do. You're allowed to pivot and, and move that one foot, and you can get out of trouble and, and do things, and that's the same with business. So people come to me, and they're just locked in. And they can't, in fact, I'm having a meeting with a young man who owns a restaurant today because he can't see past his shadow. Mm. He thinks what he knows is what's right. 
and he's missing what other people see, which is probably what is right. So it's very fascinating. So we're having an afternoon chat today, probably over coffee, and I'm going to let him know what I've been observing from his restaurant, which is a wonderful restaurant, except he's in his own way. And he needs to pivot, and he doesn't understand that. Yeah, great advice there. Obviously, we can't go into everything that you have in your book. Uh, so if somebody's interested in getting a copy of The American Dream Revisited, where can they purchase that? They can get it at Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. Uh, it's on Amazon, or they can come to my website. If they want me to sign it, they can request that, and I'll be glad to do that. I've personalized a lot of books. We've shipped books all across the country this year. It's been a good year for selling books. So. Well, GarySirock.com. Go out there, find out about the American Dream Revisited Scholarship, and get a copy of your book. And if you'd like, uh, Gary will personalize that for you. Gary, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. We appreciate you taking the time and sharing your wisdom and some of the concepts from your book today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. It's been great. Uh, you've been a wonderful host, actually. Oh, this thank cool. you. I love <laughs> you when that happens. Talking. <laughs> well, and if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.